What's good, people? CJ Williams tapping in with another episode of Coachless Theory. This time, we're taking it up top to New York to check out the discography of Harlem's own Jim Jones. For this list, we will not be counting group projects or mixtapes, only the seven LPs released from the OG Dipset representative. Make sure you hit that like button and subscribe for more content. Hit that super thanks button to keep the lights on. We'd appreciate it. Now that that's out of the way, let's get to it. Number seven, Capo. The day one diplomat member Jimmy Jones has a super underrated catalog with only one real Real swing and a miss. That would come courtesy of his 2011 effort, Capo. We're not sure exactly what the direction is for this album as it's all over the place. For an album with a feature on every song, only one or two really work. Like Drops is Out with Raekwon or Prodigy and Lloyd Banks on Take a Bow, but it's Jones' insistence on including the artists in City on way too many songs. It's clear he was going for a Max B vibe on the five or so records he's on, but they just come off like cheap imitations. Joints like Perfect Day and Everybody Jones are some of his worst B-sides. Add to that his blatant ripoff of Ace Hood's flow on the paper. And you have a complete mess of an album. If given truth serum, Jones would agree with us. This one ain't it. Number six, Pray For Rain. After a pretty successful indie run, Jones decided to try his hand at a major label release with his fourth album, Pray For Rain. We all know there's pros to dealing with a major record label like Columbia. You get a budget to help market and promote as well as a dedicated creative team for the rollout. Those things worked in Jimmy's favor as the lead single, Pop Champagne, was a hit that lived on 106 in Park and received consistent club and radio play. Now, whether that song and more specifically, Ron Brown's auto-tune hook has aged well is a different story. In terms of marketing, Jim created a stage play called Hip Hop Monologues Inside the Life and Mind of Jim Jones that was a musical theatrical experience in which the album, originally titled Back to Back, would serve as the backdrop to the story. That's kind of dope, right? Well, as soon as you hit play on the album, you notice the cons on being on a major. There are more than enough commercial records on here, most of which fall flat. Below the Bank, Girlfriend, and Na 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 are clear attempts at radio records to recoup that play budget. Like with most of Jones' projects, there are good records to be found, like Let It Out, Pulling Me Back, The Stack Bundles Tribute, My My My, and the Max B Addressing Frenemies, the latter two being the standouts. The highlights are smothered underneath poor commercial records and about four too many features from No. Jones's artist who sounded like a great value Jay-Z. To no surprise, this was grand opening, grand closing for his stay at a major label. Number five, Wasted Talent. Taking a seven year vacation in between albums, not counting the Kitchen Project, which is listed as a mixtape, Wasted Talent represented a reinvention of sorts for Jimmy. Having dropped a handful of mixtapes during that album break and really honing in on his flow on the aforementioned Kitchen, all Jim was really missing was consistent production. Enter old friends, the Heat Makers, who contributed five joints, setting the table for a later project they would produce entirely. More on that in a moment. Linking back up with the throwback Dipset producers helped shape this project, giving Jones a roadmap to how the rest of the album should sound. Thankfully, he stayed the course as the production was some of the strongest on his albums in years. Everything Heatmakers touched was gold, including Dust and Powder with Jada Kiss and Diplomatic Immunity featuring Dipset head Honcho Cameron. Unlikely features also worked like Bangin' with Mozzie and the Guilty Pleasure single Chicken Fried Rice with Yo Gotti. Interludes with clips from the classic film Bronx Tales successfully fit the tone without feeling like a distraction. Slice the track list down to a slim 12 or 13 and we'd be talking about a top three project. If you were one of the many who slept on this, we understand. Wasted Talent's drop was overshadowed by the debut album from Cardi B, which was released the week before. 
effectively eating up the New York hip hop spotlight for the rest of the year. At the end of the day, Jones made a strong case for slept on album of the year in 2018. Revisit it if it's been a minute. Thank me later. Number four, on my way to church. Speaking of sleepers, every good discography has one, and for Jimmy, it's his 2004 debut on my way to church. While it didn't burn up the charts, selling only 44,000 units the first week, and Jones was still a relative novice behind the mic, there's a certain charm about his first solo outing. While other members of Dipset, Cam, and Jewels had solo deals with powerhouse labels Dev Jam, Jim had to settle for an independent release through Koch. Jones also had to tap producers like Chad Hamilton, Blackout Music, and Shoddy for Beats, where Cam had just Blaze on speed dial, and Santana's debut was laced by the Heatmakers. Playing the underdog role to a T, the result would be one of the more slept on debuts of the early 2000s. Bangers like Only One Way Up, This Is Jim Jones, and End of the Road showed what Jim could do when given the opportunity. The latter two records were courtesy of in-house diplomat producers, Heatmakers, contributing three records total to Capo, showing support for their teammate Cameron and Jewel's appear on five and four songs respectively, which is okay because coming off the double album the year prior, the trio were on fire. While the features helped, they aren't the lone reason the album works. Solo records like Lovely Days, Memory Lane, and Shotgun Fire were good enough for multiple playbacks, but let's be clear, the featured records were definitely the standouts. Crunk Music, This Is Gangster, those still slap today. The main reason for its placement on this list is Jones's lyrical ability wasn't on the level of his comrades, his flow is unpolished, and there is a crystal clear Tupac influence. Actually, if someone were to say this was his worst album lyrically, we wouldn't argue you down. However, at the end of the day, the final product was more than satisfying and would set the stage for a very solid solo career. Before we get to the top three albums from the Koofy Smacker himself, tell us what do you think about his partner in rhyme, Cameron, and his second act as a sports personality. Him and Mace might have something good going on over there. Cam has always had an entertaining personality, dude. You think Jimmy doing his Weatherman series maybe pushed Cam to step his content game up? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Probably. Let us know in the comments if you tapped in, though. Okay, back to the list. Number three, El Capo. Thinking back to the Diplomats' heyday in the early 2000s, had you told us that in the year 2019, Jim Jones would be the member putting out the best music, we would have had to call bullshit. Not that he wasn't good, but Cam was, well, Cam, and Jewels was positioned to be the next young dude in the rap game right there next to Lil Wayne. Well, fast forward a few decades, and Killer was failing to recreate past magic with his Purple Haze sequel, and Jewels was behind bars after a loaded gun was found in his carry-on luggage at the airport. Musically, Santana hadn't dropped an album in 15 years, now more known for his appearances on the reality show Love & Hip Hop. Meanwhile, the underdog Jim Jones drops a banger of an album in El Capo, produced entirely by Heatmakers, that in itself is music to our ears, as they haven't lost a step, evolving their usual sped up soul sample sound to a more modern vibe. Make no mistake, there is still some chipmunk soul sprinkled in, but they don't lean on it as heavily as they used to. Bangers include Make No Issues Of It, NYC with Fat Joe, Good Die Young, and Pity in the Summer featuring Cam and Fred the Godson. Salute to Fred for pushing the apricot foreign rocking Travis Scott Jordans. Rest in peace to him, man, he was dope. Not one to skip on features, there are plenty on here, but for the most part, they work and don't take you away from the experience. At this point in his career, Jim is a certified rap veteran. He doesn't have anything to prove by dropping an album with no features and three solo 16s on a song. There's no need. Plus, he's capable of holding his own as evident by solo bangers like Chris Style Occasions and Bread Right, not counting the hook by frequent collaborator Trav, of course. A year and a half later, Jones would drop a deluxe addition to the project in late 2020 with not one, not two, but 15 extra songs. So basically a whole new album. We recommend checking out Try Again with Conway and Pardon My Thoughts featuring Dave East if you missed that release. Number two, Harlem Diary of a Summer. Now this is how you do a sophomore album. Following up just a year after 
after their debut, Jones showed immediate improvement in songwriting and lyrics. Also, having your first solo hit doesn't hurt as he did with Summer in Miami. While Billboard might not have caught on as it peaked at number 78, if you were outside, you know the impact it had. Now, why they chose Baby Girl as the lead single over it still doesn't make sense, but that's fine. As soon as we hit play on the album, we knew things would be different. My Diary was a fire opening track with catchy vocals by Denise Weeks, who would lace the album again on I'm In Love With A Thug. Follow that up with the Pete Rock produced G's Up, featuring friend turned foe Max B. The somewhat feature heavy track list was Sans Cameron and only featured two Santana appearances, instead replacing them with dip affiliates like 40 Cal, Hell Rail, and J.R. Ryder. Outsiders like Puff, Paul Wall, and Outlaws member Hussein Fatal also are featured. The former two on the banger What You've Been Drinking On with always welcome top tier shit talking from the bad boy CEO. Not a perfect album by any means, We Just Balling featuring TK is terrible, and while we respect the homage being paid to the late great Mr. Shakur, the record Tupac joint is unnecessary and only fueled more allegations of biting. Missteps aside, the dreaded sophomore slump was avoided, giving confidence Jimmy was on the right track as a legitimate solo act. Number one, Hustler's Pomey or poem. Still not 100% sure if that's pronounced how it's spelled out or was it a flip on poem, but if you're a Jim Jones fan, this should come to no surprise that his third album is hands down his best work. He was able to tighten his flow up, successfully forming an identity on Wax. He wisely leaned heavily on his new BFF, Max B, as the Harlem crooner went six for six on this album. One joint he's not credited on, but is rumored to have written, is Jones's biggest record to date, We Fly High, better known as Ballin'. You couldn't go anywhere in 0607 without hearing that damn song. Listening to the melodic nature of the hook, it's not a stretch to believe Big Avelli had at least something to do with it. Regardless, with or without Max, this was the album where it all came together for Capo. Weatherman with Wayne and Stack Bundles, rest in peace to Stack, Rappin' Time and Poor Wax with Hell Rail all knocked, but it was the Jewels featured Emotionless that had everyone's repeat button broke. That's a top five Jim Jones song, Easy, with Don't Push Me Away featuring Rockefeller single Rail right on its heels. Shout out to producer Mercury for lacing the soulful ode to Jones's old lady, making the best of his one production credit on the album. Commercially, the album would be a success, securing Jones a top 10 debut, but critically was another story. We love the blog site Hip Hop DX, but they strangely gave this album 1.5 out of 5. Unless you have a personal vendetta against Jones, how is that even possible? 1.5 fam? Anyway, we're not sure what that was about, but what we do know is that this was the album responsible for making Jim Jones a household name, and rightfully so. We've already done the list on Cameron, and Joel's only had two albums, so I guess that's a wrap on the dip set. Who else from the Big Apple should we tackle next? Let us know down in the comments. And if you want to see who else we've covered, check out this playlist with all of your favorite New York artists. Until the next time, I'm CJ Williams, and I'm out.